0: The Pixel is probably the best after shot uh, processing. I think it does an amazing job with that. I think the iPhone yeah. is the safest camera. It's inoffensive. It's not too anything. It just usually looks some form of decent. And I think Samsung generally goes for the oversaturated route. And I think that's true with every option that they have. Yeah. In you know, turning on that beauty mode by default, you do look like you put on a filter on your face, and uh, you know you're trying to trying to hide the grays and the the crow's feet. <laughs> I do think their portrait modes are awesome. You know, I like their AR doodle. You can sort of do some some doodling in AR. Yeah. But after the first couple of days, that novelty tends to wear off. And I think when I review the exactly. phone, the phone's got to stand on its own. And how does this compare in the Android world, the flagships that will be coming? This is going to compete with the 2020 phones. So there's mm-hmm. a lot that's going to be squared up against. It's going to be you know, the iPhone 11s, whatever they decide to to name those. It's going to be the Pixel 4, the next-gen LGs, the next-gen Huawei's. I don't know if it does enough to be better than those phones that are still yet to come out.
1: Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards from GearLive.com. GearLive is your weekly look behind the scenes at the world of consumer electronics. And last week, I teased it out. I said we were getting a new co-host. I didn't tell you who it would be. I told you to watch on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube discussion tab, community tab. New co-host is here and his name is John Rettinger. John, how are you doing?
0: What is going on, Geared Up? I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, man, you are here. You're in the building. Um... John is a long I don't know how long Have we known each other We've known each other
0: For between A decade Between 3 and 50 years I think uh, It's probably Somewhere
1: Somewhere in there Um, If I assume If you watch me On YouTube Then You've watched John on YouTube It it, It seems Unfathomable to me If you've watched me You haven't seen John But If you haven't Or if you only know me From the podcast John Let's tell people Who you are Sure. What is your what is your what is your credential my when it comes to cre- technology? Credential. Why are so, you
0: here? So what my, gives this, you the right to be this here? This is my elevator pitch resume. Uh, I have been making YouTube videos on technology uh, for the better part of a decade on the John Four Lakers channel. You may know me from Techno Buffalo. I'm I'm a geek at heart. I live and breathe technology. I'm the kind of guy who used to go walk around Best Buy just to relax after <laughs> yes. a stressful day. And started making tech videos just out of love for the products and love for the industry. Uh, and I still do it today. And I still have the privilege and honor of being able to talk about technology and meet awesome people and get to travel the world doing it. Yes, yes.
1: That, that's actually one of the best parts, right? Like being able to do what you love, see the world while you're doing it, and earn a living.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that is the dream. Even a bad day of talking about tech is still better than a uh, a good day at a, a normal job. I've worked normal right. jobs. I, I know what that's like. I know what a privilege it is to do this. Um, and I love I love every day of it. And I am geeked up to be here on the podcast, talk about tech, and to share my probably controversial opinions on a lot of things.
1: <laughs> yes, and so and just to be clear, this is not a one time thing. It's not. John is not just a guest this week. You will be here each and every week.
0: I will be forward. here each and every week, uh, talking to talking to everybody who wants to who wants to listen. So I'm I'm excited. This isn't like a part time thing. I've been wanting to get into podcasting for a long time, and this seems just like the absolutely perfect opportunity with somebody that that I respect and admire. I appreciate that
1: definitely. All right, so without any further ado, let's get into the show. Um, first topic is Apple Card. Oh, yes. Apple today announced the public availability of their first party, whatever you want to call it, first party credit card, their own credit card, Apple Card. Have you picked one of these up yet?
0: So I did. I did it today. I didn't get the invitation early. Was a little bummed out, but I did go through the process today. I've got it now in my Apple wallet. I've got some general thoughts on the Apple Card. So Cool. On the positive side, I like how easy the application process is and how it seems that most people are being accepted with various interest rates, which is nice. Yeah. If you are trying to build up credit or repair credit, it is a great opportunity uh, for that. The benefits the card offers aren't really anything special. There are other benefits on other cards, Chase Sapphire card, yeah. Amazon cards, all offer some form of cash back. The app is nice, and it gives you a sort of a granular breakdown of what you're paying. But it's no better than any other credit card out there. It's just one that happens to be made by Apple.
1: Yeah, it's no better. In some, in some instances, it's worse than a lot yeah. of credit cards out there. For example, you can't have a joint account with your spouse. Just, you know, just one thing off the top of my head. I don't think I've ever seen that on any credit card I've ever applied for. I, I did apply. For, I, got, I got in early. I did apply for the card. Um, I got my physical card yesterday and i've had the digital version probably for about a week and what i discovered yesterday was i was super excited for them to release this partly because obviously we're going to make content about it and we need to inform people about it i applied as soon as i got the invitation and then it's been 7 days and i haven't used it one time like yep. cuz yep. i have cards that give me better better i'm not going to like give up the benefits that i get using you know, better cards just to use the Apple card. So now I have the Apple card. I have the physical card, which, is, you know, everybody's talking about your flex and you're going to drop that heavy titanium, you know, at the store on the desk when you go to pay. And it's like, that's the worst way to use the Apple card because you're only getting 1% back.
0: That is a, uh, a true story. I think it's another play for Apple to keep people ensconced in the ecosystem. So if you're... Right using an apple card apple gets you using it you're probably not going to want to switch to android because then you can't use your apple cards and, and get the better cashback rewards for sort sure of using the apple pay option so it's a smart move by apple i totally get why they did it
1: i mean even if you wanted to switch to android you can't pay your apple card unless you do it on an iphone yeah uh, you can't you get yeah, it's it's, you're locked in, you can't apply. You can't even apply for the Apple card on an iPad or a Mac or obviously Apple TV. Like you can't apply for the card on anything but an iPhone. So it's a very interesting approach by Apple. One thing that they announced today though that was interesting to me is that you will also get 3% cash back when you use Uber or Uber Eats, which implies that going forward, they're gonna be looking to add more partners to this three percent cash back thing. Whereas, you know, up until now we've been assuming you're only gonna get the best cash back rate when you buy stuff from Apple, which is pretty rare even for the you know, hardest of the hardcore.
0: Uh yeah, very true. So I think it'd be a nice opportunity at least to work with other vendors to have, you know, three percent day for different things. Um, I don't know. it's a credit card, it offers some advantages. It just makes the walled garden, I think, just a little bit higher for Apple.
1: But what do you think about that though? Like as, like, I feel like as, uh, as consumers, a lot of people look at that and say, that's terrible. Apple locks you in and they, and they try to keep you and they don't let you out. But I feel like as a business, what, what smarter move is there than to offer your customers multiple different ways that keep them as your customers and willing, paying, regularly paying customers at that
0: yeah, so I, I agree, and I'm going to deviate maybe a little bit here, but the argument that we see online is like, you know, Tim Cook is horrible, he's no Steve Jobs, or Apple's a bunch of thieves, they're stealing money. Um, I think what people forget is the business side of this. Tim Cook's job isn't to the people who are buying the products. His job is to the shareholders. Right. So anything that he does that provides value to the company, he is doing his job well. Whether or not he adds four cameras to the next iPhone and people get pissed off, Again, his job is to the shareholders. That is sort of line item number one in the CEO of a publicly traded company's job. So if he has the option to keep people ensconced in their ecosystem more, have them buy more while they're there, uh, that is what, what Apple is supposed to be doing. So whether it's boring or not or pointless, it's doing a really good job when it comes to the shareholder bottom line. And Apple is a publicly traded company Whose job is to make a profit, and you can disagree with the products, but that is still what their job is.
1: Yes, and they do that job. They do that job very well. What do you think, though, of Apple's kind of, you know, their stance? What What Tim Cook I think is trying to be known for, which is we are we are on the side of the consumer. We're not on the side of Wall Street. We're not on the side of you know our, our vendors or our partners we work with. Ultimately, we're on the side of the consumer. We're the one company that is you know in that has that mindset more than any other. Do you think that's just talk in order to satisfy Wall Street and, and gain more profit?
0: Yeah. Um, you I th- do. I know, I think I think it's delightfully bsy. Um, I think <laughs> Apple does more for security than the other big tech giants, but that's still not enough. You know, there are reports that people are listening to Siri conversations, things coming out of the Home Pod they have people listening to. Um, I like the privacy options that I have on the phone and how iMessage is encrypted. All that is nice, but you can't do security a little bit. You can't do privacy just a taste. You either do it or you don't. And if you look at the swath of what Apple is doing, and at least allegedly doing, they're doing more, but I don't think they're doing enough. Got you. I actually, yeah,
1: I agree. I agree with you on that. Okay, so that's Apple Card available now if you want to apply. I believe you have to be in the United States. Yeah. I don't think it's it's, it's been rolled out worldwide yet.
0: No, and um, it's, it's pretty easy to get to. You just go to your wallet, go to Add Card, and you have the option will show up there to either add a credit or debit card or an Apple Card, and that's it.
1: Boom, there you go. Actually, I did a video the other day showing how to apply for the Apple Card, which you can check out. I will leave that down in the show notes. Up next, Galaxy... Note 10. We've been talking about this phone for a couple of weeks now yes. uh, since unpacked and it's interesting that you know it's been a couple of weeks but it's still not out and available to the public yet. So people are still like, you know, clamoring for information. Now you are like me, you have a review unit, Galaxy Note 10 Plus. I've got one. You've been using it, I assume?
0: I've been using it. I've been enjoying yes. it. Yes. I've been using
1: it too. You know, I'm not I don't think I'm blown away by the phone. And I think, you know, for me, the way I've always used my Galaxy Notes, and, and to be clear, every note that I've had has been a review unit. I've never actually purchased a Galaxy Note on my own. But every one of them that I've had, I've never found myself to be an S Pen user. So using a device like this, where I'm not someone who will think to pull out a stylus and start writing notes on my phone, it's almost it's almost wasted on me. Like I, if I were using this phone as my you know my full time phone, I'd probably be more of a Galaxy S10 Plus person than a Note person. How about you?
0: So interesting. I'm usually on the side of the Note, and I and I don't use a stylus either. Actually, I hardly ever use it, but I've always gravitated towards the Note line because that usually is the pinnacle of what Samsung is going to offer that year. And it's usually a higher end spec, something new than what you've got in the Galaxy S line of phones. And I think this year, though, that's not the case. Uh, same processor is a big one. You've got improved RAM and different design and um, even have specs taken away. You've got a 1080 resolution on right. the Galaxy Note 10. And you only have, you know, one, um, one front facing camera sensor as opposed to the two that you've got on the Galaxy S10+, Plus, you know, the other one being more for for depth sensing. So I'm I'm generally on the Note side, and I've bought many Notes, I've used many Notes. I generally like the Note 10, um, but it doesn't differentiate itself enough from the Galaxy S10+, Plus, which you can already get at a huge discount, aside from a gratuitous amount of RAM. I mean, 12 gigabytes of RAM is insane uh, for a phone.
1: Yeah, and I don't even think it's... (laughs) You're not going to notice... A difference, At least I've never noticed a difference in an Android device that has a ridiculous amount of RAM and an Android device that has, you know, a typical four gig, six gigs amount of RAM when it comes to usability. It's just never been something that I've noticed either way. they It's almost the experience is the same.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, you look at something like the Pixel where you get sort of that potentially degraded user experience after a few months. Or traditionally Samsung devices where you see a slowdown. I like having the option of the extra RAM being there. And I think that, that adds value to what the phone can do. And I think it adds to longevity as well if you're kind of the person that keeps a phone for years. So I think it's nice to have. But I think in the short term, six to 12 months, you'll notice 0.0 difference with the phone that has even half the amount of RAM.
1: What about the camera situation? So you have the Note 10 plus like i do has that extra depth sensor on there live focus video yeah the big big change the big addition um something that we haven't seen before in the way that they're doing it do you like it
0: it looks weird and it gets straight (laughs) up it straight up looks weird i like that they tried it i like that it's there and someone's got to try it it just looks weird yeah. I don't
1: know what, what what it is with the Samsung cameras, but I feel like any of their portrait um, settings has just has a look to it that seems, it's almost that uncanny valley yeah. area where like the Pixel, fantastic. iPhone, even if the iPhone isn't, you know, a lot of people will say it's not the best camera. I think it does a good job at taking pictures, even if it's not the best, but it gives you a realistic look. Whereas I feel like Samsung's phones always give you more of a, like, almost turn you into one of those old school like plastic action heroes from the 80s those toys
0: yeah so i don't know what's up with that it does face smoothing um kind of like a beauty mode that's on by default you can turn that off and what you get is a pretty decent camera so i think the pixel is probably the best after shot uh processing i think it does an amazing job with that i think the iphone is the safest camera it's inoffensive it's not to anything. It just usually looks some form of decent. Um, and I think Samsung generally goes for the oversaturated route. And I think that's true with every option that they have. But in yeah. you know, turning on that beauty mode by default, you do look like you put on a filter on your face. And, uh, you know, you're trying to, trying to hide the grays and the, the crow's feet. <laughs> um, but I do think their portrait modes are awesome. You know, I like their AR doodle. You can sort of do some, some doodling in AR. Yeah. But after the first couple of days, that novelty tends to wear off. And I think when I review exactly. a phone, the phone's got to stand on its own. And how does this compare in the Android world, the flagships that will be coming? This is going to compete with the 2020 phones. So there's mm-hmm. a lot that's going to be squared up against. It's going to be, you know, the iPhone 11s, whatever they decide to, to name those. It's going to be the Pixel 4. The next-gen LGs, the next-gen Huawei's, you know, should they come to the U.S. or should they compete in other markets? So, it's, right. I don't know if it does enough to be better than those phones that are still yet to come out. Um, and that's something that I haven't been able to say for the Note line. I think if we had had the Snapdragon E55 Plus in there, that yeah. would have been a big change. That's about 20 to 25% performance increase. Uh, I'm shocked that they didn't do that, in all honesty.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree, and also we haven't heard anything about the re-release or not re-release the re the resurgence of the Galaxy Fold, which also will be running the older eight fifty five processor, and that phone coming out after the Note, that phone's internals make it look even older. You know they're not they're not they're not bumping anything up in there. They're not refreshing anything in there. Is that phone? Because I know you loved it when you had yeah. it. Yeah. So, you were all over Twitter. Pretty, I know you loved it. Is yeah. that still a phone that's on your radar if it keeps all everything else the same?
0: Listen, so I'm going to admit hypocrisy here. I'm going to freely <laughs> admit it. Uh, I irrationally love the Fold. I don't care what it has in it or what it doesn't have in it. I have an irrational <laughs> love for that phone for really being something new. And I think that you look at the Note line, it's supposed to be the best specs and the best performance. And since so it's a top Samsung's portfolio of phones. Right. The Fold is something completely different uh, and finding a different experience. I don't necessarily care that it's missing some of those flagship things. Certainly, the price. You know, you would think that maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it should be a little, a uh, little higher spec for what they're charging for it. But the experience of folding that phone open and getting things on a larger screen is just so cool for me that I can look past almost anything when it comes to the Fold. And I am pumped for that September release. And I am hoping that Samsung. Uh, If you're listening, Samsung Uh, sends one uh, sends one our way.
1: All right. Listen, we can go on about smartphones forever, but we're going to keep the show moving after the break. We're going to be talking about services, Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, all the streaming services that are out there. We have some strong opinions. That's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental story of the week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called technically speaking where i bring you the latest my picks for the best tech for business travel whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun you can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash national car rent the latest tech puts you in the driver's seat National Car Rental's Emerald Club will keep you there. Again, big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up.
0: All right, John, what is next on the agenda? So, around the studio we were talking about phones that are coming out and sort of the Pixel 4 was one of the ones you're interested in, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, as things tend to go, they gravitate towards the iPhone. We started talking about what the iPhone 11 is going to be. And it seems like it's going to be another S version which is kind of disappointing you know, for, for a new number phone. So I got to thinking, what would I want in my ideal iPhone 11? So I'm not, I'm not okay. making up crazy specs that don't exist. I'm asking for a holographic display. These are technologies that exist today. And if like, okay. Tim Cook and Johnny Ive were like, hey man, what do you think the iPhone 11 should be? I've got my list for what, I, list. For what I would want the ideal iPhone 11 to have.
1: Okay, so before before we jump into that, let me just... So we're basically going to be answering a couple, couple of questions that came in over on YouTube. We had Tony Adams and we had Bickleby Garcia. They both asked about the upcoming iPhones. And basically the sentiment is, is the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro, or whatever they end up calling these things, are they going to be huge disappointments? Is there something that we wish they would be? Is a lack of 5G a factor? So let's jump into this. What... What are you hoping? Or what, right. what is your wish list?
0: All right, so the I'm iPhone. gonna I'm gonna run through it. I'll kind of go through it fast, but stop me at any point that you want to talk about. So,
1: is it just a Galaxy Fold that runs iOS? I
0: mean, listen, I'm, I'm, they're not gonna do it. I didn't mention the folding, but I, <laughs> listen, I would be all over that. So, first, let's bring back Jet Black. I love. Oh, Jet Black. I'm gonna let's bring back Jet Black. I love so it. You... <laughs> I don't care if it's fingerprinty. I want it back on the phone. Micro abrasions. Micro abrasions. I don't care. Better than Jet. I don't care. Crack. Okay. I don't care. Uh, promo so promotion. <laughs> Not even asking for 120 hertz. I'm talking about 90, like we've got in the OnePlus One Plus Seven Pro. Anybody's plus seven, which is beautiful, which is incredible, and you notice it and you're aware of it, and then you go back to another screen that doesn't have it, and you just think, you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, promotion, especially on the iPad Pro. Like, come on, that is it is nice. I'm hope
0: I, I definitely am with you on that one. Jet Shoot. black? I don't know. Uh, at least, at least have motion? the at least have the option. Um, yeah, exactly. So I don't know if it's a well kept secret or a poor kept secret, but Samsung makes the displays for Apple phones. I yes. think most people know that, especially the flagship Apple phones. But they do not come from the same supply chain as the Note Correct. 10 and the Galaxy S 10 Plus. By all accounts, mm-hmm. it is of a lesser quality that Samsung offers to Apple. So I would like to pull from that Note 10 S 10 supply chain uh, for Apple displays.
1: Now I don't I don't know if that's true. Like what I what I've heard is that and this may be going too deep but when we hear the word samsung samsung is actually dozens of different companies many of which license the name samsung so samsung display has nothing to do with samsung mobile other than the fact that they build displays that samsung mobile then puts into its devices and Apple built out I don't know if built is the right word, because obviously Samsung's building it. Apple designed the display that they wanted, and their display is more color accurate, but for some reason, many people prefer the displays on Samsung devices despite the like it's, it's almost like going into Best Buy and they have the TVs in there on like vivid mode, yeah, and you think they look amazing at Best Buy. But it's not its not how it's supposed to look. But people prefer it. So, so I don't know if I'd say that the iPhone's displays are not as good as much as I'd say they prioritize different things.
0: Okay, that's, that's fair. How about this? I at least want the supply chain to come from the best that Samsung display has to offer. Whether that's true or okay. not, I don't think we'll ever have the answer.
1: And that is the rumor, actually. The rumor is that the next yes. iPhone will be using... The same displays found in the S10 and, wait, is S10? Yeah, S10 and Note 10. Correct.
0: Um, This next one is pretty obvious USB Type C. Lightning, you had your time. You're reversible. (laughs) You're better than 30 pin. You are not as good at USB Type C. And people always ask why Lightning's fine. You look at the swath of accessories that are available for USB Type C. Um, Right. They are more plentiful for storage options, microphone options, Uh, every option, Uh, and traditionally less expensive
1: is there anything that lightning has the advantage in other than obviously it came first. Mm -hmm. Um, Apple wanted to use USB C originally, but the spec wasn't going to be available in time for the iPhone five release. So they came up with lightning, which is thinner. That's the only thing I can think of at this point, like in this, in this day and age, a lightning port is thinner than a USB-C port, but other than that, I can't really think of any advantages the, at this point.
0: The only, other, the only other advantage I can see of lightning over USB Type-C is that it does not look like micro USB. Uh, we need to sort of look at it. True. Look at it very quickly. Um, yes. So that's a big one. Uh, smaller notch. Decrease the size. Would love to have it. I'm even okay with a top bezel for no notch. I know that might be controversial. People might, dis- what? People might disagree. I don't like the notch. I would be okay. What? I would be okay with it going away.
1: Hold on. Okay. See, this is I've had this discussion with so many people. So take the Pixel Three XL. Huge notch, right? Huge for no the, reason. The deep, the, <laughs> deep notch. There's something in there. Well, actually, you're right. Like I feel like
0: no reason for that notch to be there.
1: There's That's, no other manufacturer nope. that like Apple has a, legi- a legit reason. They basically took a Microsoft Connect and shrunk it down, and they're fitting it in the front of their device. Whereas almost every other manufacturer, they just put a a camera there and they're just putting a notch there for the camera. When you say you would take a full-on bezel rather than a notch, if everything else is equal, phone size, Mm -hmm. surface size, everything, what you're saying is you would rather give up pixels that can hold information off to the side than have them.
0: Uh, So uh, maybe I should have clarified. I would like to have the software option as well to hide that notch if I choose to. So I'd be willing to probably give up some pixels to not have the notch. And I might be in the minority on that, but I, I really don't like the look and the aesthetic of the notch.
1: I feel like you're in the majority. I, mean, I think most people feel that way. I just feel like if you, the more pixels you can give me, even if you have to work around something, I'll take them.
0: I mean, and that's fair. And that, that's, that's the option. And certainly Apple agrees with that. It's kind of why the notch is there.
1: Um, okay, but for you, notch. For me, notch no gone. notch. Uh,
0: faster face ID, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. That one's kind of obvious. Wi-Fi 6, super nice to have in there.
1: Yes. You know what? I actually think, I have not confirmed this, but I I, I have a firm belief that Wi-Fi 6 is in the currently shipping iPhones. At least the XS and XS Max. I was doing a review of a new Wi-Fi 6 router And the only device that I had, that I believe that I had at the time was the Galaxy S10, which was, Wi-Fi 6 is is an announced feature. And so if you have a device that does not support Wi-Fi 6, then it will not get any speed benefits on a Wi-Fi 6 network. It's just gonna bump down to its speed. Well, when I was doing the test, I figured, okay, first I'll show what the Galaxy S10 can do when I have Wi-Fi 6 off, and then when I have Wi-Fi 6 on. So you can see the speed difference. And then I figured, now let me put it next to the iPhone to show you at the same time I'm running a Wi-Fi 6 network. Here's what a Wi-Fi 5 device will do, and here's what a 6 will do. And the iPhone XS Max repeatedly beat the Galaxy S10 in speed tests. And when I bumped it down to Wi-Fi 5, then the iPhone would slow back down. And there's like... Based on the spec, it shouldn't that shouldn't be that way, so I'm curious if Apple just put a Wi-Fi six you know chip in there because it came out just a couple months before the S10 yeah. and just didn't didn't announce anything.
0: Listen, that's a fair question that I don't know, but there whether it's there or not, I certainly would want it in the next phone. Yes, um, and I want to bring back a fan favorite. I'm all in favor of redundancy. I want Touch ID to come back in the form of an ultrasonic sensor, and I don't use Touch ID. I don't generally like Touch ID. I know people. Really? I know people do. I prefer Face ID, but I like okay. the idea. You prefer
1: Face ID. I okay. like
0: the idea of redundancy. I like having options. I like if I want to use my finger, maybe my sunglasses are covering up my face. I would like to have that there, especially on the price they're charging for the phones. I want all the technology.
1: Okay, let me let me ask you this. You know, I I would like the same thing. I would like to have both options. In fact, I would like Apple to come up with some sort of system that knows me whether it's my face whether it's my fingerprint whether it's the fact that i'm wearing my apple watch and haven't taken it off and you know the way that i you know the way that i walk or whatever it is there's all these different there's little little things that people do that you can identify them as being you know that person this is you um but i have i still to this day have not found an ultrasonic fingerprint reader that works easily like even on the note 10 note 10 not even out yet Newest phone with this feature, it's so finicky. Do
0: you find that it works really well for you? So here's, and the honest answer is, I don't really use it that much. Um, One of the the, the beauties of Android is it has a secure place. It's kind of what you mentioned. It'll know if I'm on my home Wi-Fi that I'm home. It'll just unlock. If it's on my car, it'll just unlock. So. I love that feature. I don't really use it all that often. It's not as reliable oh, yeah. as a physical sensor, like Touch ID or a sensor on the back it used to be on the Android devices, but I just like, right. I just like having the options, I and mean, in all honesty, it's, it's an option thing.
1: So, it's a fight for let people do it yeah. however they'd like to do it. Absolutely. Okay. Got it.
0: All right. Um, so, next, a better front-facing camera, I think generally in the swath of modern smartphones, the front-facing camera on the iPhone X, XS Max, looks like a very nice-looking potato. Uh, versus the phones that have come out since then, <laughs> and then it is a joke—the five-watt charger Apple includes in the box. I want a mm. thirty-watt USB Type-C charger in the box. That's not asking you want too a 30 much. Thirty watt. Thirty watt. Make it make up for all those years of shipping a garbage <laughs> five-watt charger. If the S10 Plus is capable of forty-five, I'm sorry, the Note 10 Plus capable of forty-five watt yes. charging. Apple better give me... But it's me, not in the box. Better give me at least 30. But it's not in the box. But I'm not asking for 45 watt in the box. I'm asking for 30. The Note 10 Plus, I believe, and the Note 10, I believe, is a 25 watt charger.
1: Yeah, 25. You want Apple to beat that? Yeah,
0: I do. <laughs> You're not even good with 25. No. Straight to 30. You've been giving me 5 watt garbage <laughs> since, like, Gen 1. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, they have not changed. No. It's been 10 years. And make Same it, charger. And make it USB Type-C on the brick, not stupid USB-A.
1: Mm, yeah. I think... No, I think... I think that's what they're going to do, but I don't know about 30. I, I'm assuming they're going to put the 18 in there.
0: This is my wish list. I think you're probably – Oh, that's I, true. Wish list. I think, wish list. I think this is not your prediction list. I, no, this is not a prediction list at all. This is this is what, yeah, yeah. what my, this is ideal, my ideal phone would look like. I think you're probably right. Okay. I think we'll be lucky to get the 18. <laughs> um, this next one seems all but confirmed, but bilateral wireless charging. Super nice to have yes uh, how about 128 gigs starting option for the same price 64 gigs is laughable and i think they only sell it to try to upsell people to the bigger storage sizes
1: yeah i mean they go from 64 to 256 that's stupid which which is crazy i agree i feel like when they made the switch though because remember they were shipping 16 gigabyte phones until like what two or three years ago yes 16 gigs so they went from 16 to 64 so they quadrupled it which was great but it seems like technology is you know, it's moving so fast now that even a, f- a couple years later, when people were happy that it was 64 at the base, all of a sudden now it feels it feels paltry. What about that iCloud storage, though?
0: I mean, more iCloud storage would be nice, but I, I, the, perhaps they will do more, um, and I would like them to do more. Um, they're obviously so reliant on iCloud for for backup and for all of your devices, but yeah. I think that's an easy move. Um, but I guess I've got I got a few more things, and I'll I'll, I'll shut up with my list for the iPhone. But uh, okay, my
1: just my wish list on that is uh, I would like one terabyte.
0: Fair, I think one terabyte is off. If option. they added
1: one terabyte, I would buy that immediately.
0: And then the other stuff: pencil support, better photo processing, um, and don't get rid of three D touch. Like you hyped up three D oh, touch for so many years. Like don't don't get rid of it for stupid so haptic touch.
1: I love three D touch so much. It is it is not something I'm looking forward. to to losing
0: so i agree and then they're gonna you know the price will be a huge premium for this and they're gonna take features away so no is what i what would i say can i can i go back on uh
1: can i go back a second you mentioned pencil support which i've heard a lot of people asking for the one thing that i have to say for the note even though i'm not a big stylus user the fact that the the stylus is just built right in is super convenient and the way that the apple pencil you know the series two magnetizes to the side of the ipad pro very convenient as well the apple pencil's always charged always right there what do you do with the phone uh, do you want like a note version where the pencil kind of is stored in the phone or if not you just have the have the pencil like in your bag
0: so here's so here's kind of where i like like to have my cake and eat it too i would never use the apple pencil on the iphone <laughs> um, you want it but i want to have the option if people would like to use <laughs> it I don't care where they store it, I don't care if they keep it in their bag, or if it's somehow magnetically there's a smaller version that connects to the side of your phone. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if Apple's offering the feature for an iPad, it should be available for their flagship phone. And it annoys me that they do not offer it. Even though I would I even though, even okay. though I would never use it.
1: Even <laughs> you want features that you would never use just to know just just to make you want to know that they're putting their best foot forward. Yeah.
0: I will and like, maybe okay. somebody that's wants fair. to use it and they could be like, "Oh, hey, that's a nice feature." I'm like, "Yes, it's nice that it's there."
1: You're an advocate for the average I consumer. And the I am the average
0: consumer you. advocate. So anyway, that's that's my list.
1: Okay. I mean that that's a good phone. I would buy that phone. Solid phone. Um I we're not going to get that phone.
0: No, not at least not yet. Not a chance we're going to get that phone.
1: You did not mention 5G.
0: No, I don't think 5G's ready and I'm that wouldn't care for the iPhone 11 anyway.
1: You don't want the option, though? Yeah, What's I, your options? I don't think it's ready. What if you live in Chicago?
0: I read, Again, then, <laughs> but then what if somebody walks in front of you uh, and is blocking the signal? <laughs> I, I don't right. think this... What well, if it starts raining? Yeah, I don't think the spectrum is ready. I think it would give a degraded 5G experience, and that is not True, what Apple... True, which we don't want to do. Yeah, and that is not what Apple is traditionally been about when they move uh, cellular technologies. Perfect. Okay. That is John
1: Rettinger's ideal... Dream, Current dream. Actually, I'm going to say, I think dream is too strong a word. I feel like you were being like, you were still trying to be realistic. Trying really hard. I would like these things, but realistically, Apple could make this phone if they wanted to. Correct. It's not crazy. Okay. We are going to take another break. And up next, we will be talking. I, I promised we would talk about the services this segment. It's coming up in the next segment right here on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards.
0: And I am new here, and I'm John Rettinger.
1: John Rettinger. All right, John, let's get into some of these services. Yesterday, there were a couple of rumors and leaks. I don't know which one, they, which one it is. I think it's actually more leak, actually. Leaks that say the price. Apple TV Plus, $9.99 per month, ha! and Apple Arcade, $4.99 per month. Now, your reaction to Apple TV Plus I think you're a little shocked.
0: Okay, so people will say I'm an Apple homer, that I love Apple, I'll buy whatever they say. I have, there's zero chance. You do love Apple. I do love Apple, but there's zero chance I am paying $10 a month for Apple TV+. (laughs) (laughs) 0.0 chance when you look. No chance. Zero chance. Uh, When you look at what Disney Plus is going to be, no chance. I have no interest in it. I will, maybe I'll download the season of one of the shows that I want to watch on it, um, but I'm not paying $10 a month. And maybe that'll change. But at launch, I cannot see myself paying ten dollars a month for Apple TV Plus. I just can't.
1: Five shows launching. Yeah. So when you when you when you open Apple TV Plus for the first time, you will have five shows. Imagine opening up Netflix and there's five options yep. of what you want to watch. That's it. That's it. Now, on the, now I'm going to play devil's advocate here okay. for a second. For me, Netflix or even something like HBO, I pay monthly. I don't know, especially on HBO, if I watch five different shows. I pay monthly, and I might watch one or two things.
0: But here's the option. But you're watching different things. You have more content you can pick from, and you may only pick less than five, but you have more than five to choose from.
1: True. That's true. If Apple is – let's say – and this is going to be impossible, but I'm just making, again, devil's advocate argument. If Apple puts together five Game of Thrones quality shows – or Breaking Bad or, you know, Lost, any of these these big, you know, these big shows that people have loved over the years. Does that entice you?
0: If there's like a cultural type phenomenon like Game of Thrones, then yeah, maybe. And maybe just for that season, like people subscribe to HBO for Game of Thrones. Perhaps. Right. And, you know, maybe it's the morning show. Maybe that's one that everybody's sort of going to be all, all mm-hmm. hyped about. But Disney Plus at seven bucks? That's going to give me right. everything? I mean, give me all the Pixar movies, all the Marvel movies, all the Disney movies, all the stuff that I watch with my kids. That's a no-brainer. That's
1: the hook right there. You are a father with young children. Yeah,
0: but also all the Marvel TV shows. Like, I love the MCU stuff and all those shows that are coming. I mean, if you talk about Apple only having five shows, there are more than five TV shows, Marvel, MCU TV shows that are coming, too. Yeah. I mean, that's just one small genre, let alone, like, the Mandalorian and all the Star Wars stuff that's coming.
1: I agree. It's... It's an interesting, and again, this is rumored, and it could be wrong because I do remember there were quote unquote leaks prior to the first iPad when Steve Jobs was going to announce it that the Apple's iPad or tablet, iSlate, whatever they were calling it back then, would be a thousand bucks. It's leaked, it's out there, and they took the stage and announced five hundred bucks, and you know took the world by storm. I'm hoping that would be the case here. I'm also I'm also making an assumption like Apple, whenever they've been uh launching a new service like news plus apple music etc they've given a pretty decent free trial so i'm almost wondering if it's going to be something where the first month is free and then month number 2 they double the amount of shows or something like that just to get people to see here's the quality of of entertainment we want to put out there try it out for free see what you think and you know go from there
0: yeah i and i, I think they are absolutely going to offer. They have to offer a free month. No one knows the shows. No one knows the service. Um, yeah. So, can I give some breaking news? Oh, please do. So, breaking as of three minutes ago of this recording, kind of on the lines that oh, we're oh. talking about. Matrix 4 was announced with Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann what? Moss, and the Wachowskis directing. Wow. So, first first, wow. first reaction to Matrix 4? First,
1: re- first reaction is wow, because I, I didn't think we'd ever see Keanu go back to the Matrix series, I thought the Matrix series was done. And second thought, quite honestly, <laughs> I, I thought about my YouTube comments because every third or fourth YouTube comments um, mentions the red or blue pill because everyone thinks that I look like Lawrence Fishburne, which I do not agree with, but it's in my comments all day, every day.
0: I mean, then you're kind of already set, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> there you set. go, content's gonna make itself, and I didn't mean to take away from the service at this discretion, but if you think of, no, sort of no, absolutely where these type of flagship movies are going to go, they're not going to go to Apple TV Plus.
1: Right. Um, right. For sure.
0: You know, they're just not going to have access to that type of content.
1: What do you subscribe to? I've got, what are your what are your services that you subscribe so to? So right I now? have it
0: all. Um, I have Netflix, Hulu Plus um, without the commercials, HBO Now, and YouTube TV for my like live stuff.
1: Okay, you got Amazon.
0: Oh, I've got Amazon too.
1: Yes. You're going to get Disney Plus? I'm
0: going to get, um, all I'm gonna add is is Disney Plus on there.
1: You have you do not have CBS All Access? No,
0: I've no interest. I'm not a big Star Trek guy, so I've had a lot of reasons okay. to do
1: that. Okay, I got that one for um, Twilight Zone, which I'm a huge fan sure. of. Sure. And um, also a huge fan of Jordan Peele, so had to do it for that. But was shocked actually by how good the service is. And so I've actually kept it. But I'm the same. I have uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. I have YouTube TV. And it just occurred to me the other day, like people are talking about subscription fatigue and paying, you know, Apple Music or Spotify. 100%. There's all these different services that we have. And it just occurs to me, like in this new in this new age, every company puts their content out there and then they leave it up. So it's not like Stranger Things is only viewable, you know, in February and March and then comes down in April. Yeah. does it, Doesn't it make sense to... Instead of paying for all of them, kind of pick a couple each month. Like this month, I'm going to do Netflix. I'm going to do HBO. I'm going to watch the shows I wanted to watch on those two services. And then I'll I'll cancel those and I'll go over to Hulu, for example, Hulu and Disney Plus to watch the shows I want to watch there rather than keeping everything and paying for everything monthly where you obviously don't have time to use them all in a given month. What do you think about that? Two two people are just too lazy to do that or they just haven't thought of it.
0: I think that's probably a fair point, actually. Actually, I, I, if I thought about that, I would totally do that.
1: I'm thinking about that. I mean, I'm kind of a set it and forget it guy myself. But then I'll, I'll realize, wow, I've only watched one show on Hulu. It is now November and that show was back in February. So I've watched, you know, I mean, I've paid for Hulu for 10 months for no reason. Just just to have it available when I want to click on the icon.
0: I mean, so. I, I don't disagree with you uh, at all. Um, I tried Hulu with live TV. I didn't like the UI, so I see very little reason for it actually uh, as well.
1: Hulu Plus, though,
0: yeah, they have
1: some good shows on there. Yeah,
0: I mean, Plus. that's fair.
1: All right, let's talk about uh, the other piece though. Apple Arcade, uh, five bucks a month. What do you think of that?
0: I think it's actually a pretty fair deal. I don't do that much gaming on my phone, so I don't think I'm the demographic for this. But you look at what games cost to buy. And then the in-app yeah. purchase go along with them. you know. So there's no in-app mm-hmm. purchase to get access to everything. I think that's actually a pretty fair price.
1: Yeah. And just in case people aren't aware, Apple Arcade is a service where you pay, the rumor is, $5 per month. And you'll have access to over 100 games that will run on iOS, Mac, and Apple TV. So you can start a game on your phone on the way home from work. And then when you get in front of the TV, switch over to the Apple TV grab a PlayStation 4 or Xbox controller and continue your game on your TV, continue on your laptop if you want to, which I think that's the, that's the bigger deal that a lot of people are missing because they're thinking it's iPhone games, but they're actually gonna run on every platform that Apple has. Now, I have a 15 year old son and I can say five bucks a month with family sharing included, which means you pay five bucks a month and you and five other people in your family can all access it at no additional charge. To me, it's, it's like a no-brainer, because my son always wants to download games. He always wants, you know, whether it's free-to-play, sure. in-app purchase, or just pay for the game outright, he always wants to try new stuff. And here here's 100 games for, you know, $60 a year. I'm all in.
0: Uh, also, what's pretty awesome, too, is that there are no in-app purchases. You'll have access to all the content when you start right. playing
1: the game. Amazing. So Apple Arcade, that is dropping in the fall. I'm assuming sometime around the launch of the new iPhone. And then Apple TV Plus... I think that is going for a November November launch. So if you're interested in checking out Apple's, you know, take on home entertainment, that'll be Apple TV Plus. Ready for some Q&A?
0: Let's do it. Let's, let's, uh, let's ace some Qs. All right. Here we we go. Uh,
1: On Twitter, we have Matthew Shanbaum who says, what do you think of the iPhone 11 being rumored to not have 5G?
0: Uh, we kind of talked about this, so I, yeah. I'm fine with it. I think 5G is in its infancy. I think it's degraded experience. Um, I think networks are smarter to focus on um, gigabit LTE as a backhaul mm-hmm. first and then sort of migrate folks over slowly to 5G so that when they inevitably lose 5G when it rains, if somebody walks in front of that, uh, they've got a pretty reliable um, network to fall back on. So I don't care about 5G right now.
1: Yeah, I think when you when you're in a place where we are right now where – phone manufacturers have to release the regular version and the 5g version of the same phone you're too early apple apple's not going to release an iphone 11 here's the regular one and then here's the iphone 11 5g they're not going to do that they're just when they're ready for 5g they're just going to release phones and they're all going to support 5g out of the box there's not going to be a non-5g version and a 5g version of the same phone uh, we saw this with the transition to 4G LTE roughly nine years ago. Um, same thing. Uh, Android manufacturers, specifically Samsung, went first on 4G. They had 4G versions of some phones, and then they had the 3G versions. Apple waited until they could just release. Here's a brand new. Um, I believe it was the five. Yeah. iPhone five. Here's a new iPhone five. Supports 4G. There wasn't an iPhone five, and then an iPhone five for an extra hundred bucks that supported. 4G. So I think we're going to be, I think we're a year away from seeing 5G. And quite honestly, 5G is only rolled out in a very small handful of cities, Seattle, where I live, not being one of them. So it doesn't matter to me either way right now.
0: I, I, I agree. All right. Agree.
1: Up next, your average homo sapien asks, what is a cheap piece of tech that you bought on a quick thought and it turned out to be really nice and lasted you
0: quite a long time? Ooh, so I got a quick answer for this. Okay, what do you got? Roku, um, my Roku streaming oh. streaming stick. I was I'd always been ensconced with Apple with Apple TV. I didn't like the remote. I got annoyed at it, so I just went and bought on a whim, walking around Best Buy, uh, a Roku, and I, and I now use Roku Ultras. But the streaming stick was amazing, um, and introduced me to the Roku ecosystem and the Roku remote. And now I am uh-huh. I am all in on on Roku for streaming.
1: Interesting, interesting. I'm more of an Apple TV guy, um, specifically because. I wanted a device that would do both Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos, Sure. and there's nothing else out there. But that that's why. So for me, my answer would be, um, I think I bought this thing like 10 years ago. You probably know if I want <laughs> to describe it. Belkin makes this small compact uh, three prong or three outlets uh, surge protector. It's like a travel surge protector has three outlets on it and it has two USB ports and it fits right in a backpack or right in a piece of luggage. And I was traveling to CES with a bunch of gear and was like, hotel rooms never, ever have a good number of outlets they're just, or they were like placed in weird areas where you have to like move the bed or like move a desk to get to them. So I was like, I'm just going to buy this little thing. It's like 12 bucks and it'll just help me be able to you know charge my stuff up while I'm at CES and since then I've probably bought four or five more of them because it's the most convenient thing. It's always in my bag. I have one in like every piece of luggage just so I make sure I don't forget it. Belkin. It's like a $12 little surge protector keeps me charged up. Fair. There you go. Next question from the same person. Are you ever jealous being in North America of the great budget phone market in other countries like China and India?
0: So can I give the honest? It's can, weird can I, because can I give the honest answer?
1: Yeah, yeah. Go maybe ahead. I
0: make it sound maybe may sound like a like an entitled ass, but uh, no.
1: I think I'm going to say the same no, thing.
0: No, I'm. I'm <laughs> go ahead. Uh, why? No, I'm not. First of all, I can import anything I want. That's the beauty. If I really want to try something, I can. We have access to it here. It may not work, mm-hmm. but we can try it. Um, so, and again, it's it's honest. Don't hate me. I know. I know it sounds pompous, even saying it out loud. But the honest thing is, no, I I, I don't.
1: For me, which may sound even more pompous, is no, I'm not jealous because we have contacts at all these companies that'll send the phones to us anyway. So, you know, like the Huawei, like the P30 Pro, a lot of people that do what we do, love that phone, carry that phone around everywhere. Amazing camera. That is not for sale anywhere in this country. Everybody carries it around because they were able to get the review unit. So they have access to, you know, these great devices. If we really want them, we can get, we can get our hands on them. But that, You know, that said, that's not something that the average person can do is we're privileged to be in the position we're in to do that. But I think quite honestly, here in America, if you if you go around, if you look around, like whether you're in a big city like New York, you go on a train station and, and just look everybody they're They're carrying an iPhone or they're carrying a Samsung device like no one is like even with the different the different um, options we have here. You rarely see a Pixel. You rarely see an HTC device. Yeah. You, rarely, you rarely see these other manufacturers that are available in the US. Blue, Blue makes phones that are very inexpensive. People aren't buying those. Here, it's all about the iPhone, and if you're not on the iPhone, you're likely carrying a Samsung device in your pocket.
0: I, I you're, you are correct.
1: All right, next up we have Jermaine, also known as the concept creator, on Twitter, he asks, when starting out, what was the hardest part for you? When and if you hit a rough patch, how did you deal with it when it comes to YouTube itself? And I can answer this one. Uh, For me, I think it might be similar for you too as well. Did you start out doing videos or did you start out doing the website? No, I started videos first. Okay, so for me, I started in 2004, text first. So I started about a week after Engadget started and and Gadget was one person, Gizmodo was one person, I was one person, we were all friends, we were all putting out the same amount of content. And then and Gadget got bought up by AOL, and Gizmodo, they got, uh, they didn't get purchased, but they got like a cash infusion, I forget what you call that, investment. They got investors. And all of a sudden their staffs went from one person to 15 in Gizmodo's case, and. I think 23 in Engadget's case. And all of a sudden they were pumping out way more content than I can keep up with. And it got to the point where, you know, this was my full-time job at the time. It took me about nine months to build this into a full-time job. And I said to myself, like, if I don't make a change, this was at the end of 2005, if I don't make a change, I'm just going to fall into obscurity because there's no way I can compete with what they're doing and if you're going to them first, there's no reason for you to come read what I have to say anyway, because you don't, you don't know me. As an average person out there, you don't know me, what my personality is, what it is I'm doing. Yeah. So I was like, I need to figure out a way to evolve, evolve my business, change, and get people to know me rather than my brand, if you will. So that's when I decided I'm gonna do video. YouTube wasn't even a thing yet. I went to CES 2006. And I was recognized as having the most video content of any news outlet that year out of anyone. And that was kind of my, that was how I kicked things off. So I saw the problem. I thought of how can I set myself apart and be different. Now, obviously in this day and age, that's not very different at all. Everybody's doing videos, but back then, 2006, January, video was very, very hard to come by, especially when it came to tech and tech reviews online. And so just being able to know that what I think is right today, that doesn't mean it's going to be right forever. And I'll always have to be willing and able to reevaluate and change my approach to business. If I want to stay relevant.
0: That was very eloquently said. Um, And (laughs) and for the most part, it's the same. Um, I started with video and then moved to text and the website presented its own difficulties. But the hardest part a video was trying to get access to devices. You know, everybody saying no uh, early on was really hard. And something I still struggle with to this day, and some people do better at it than I do. Maybe you're one of them. Um, You know, the negativity in the comments is still something that I've developed a thicker skin, uh, but it still does get to me, especially when I know the work that I put in to create the videos and the work that went in by others to create the videos. um, It still hurts.
1: Right. Now, you made... made just recently, you made a big leap. Yes. <laughs> like that. You, I mean, you talked to me about it when it was happening, during the process. And, you know, at least as someone who kind of saw the behind the scenes a little bit, it was a str- you were successful. So it wasn't like you were unsuccessful and you needed to find success with your most recent change. But you weren't happy and you found greater happiness which is also to me that's very important that's quality of life yeah um so what what about that change tell people about that
0: so you know you're talking about selling techno buffalo the website so i started i'll give this a short answer is i started techno buffalo you know around 2007 like you i saw video was taking off i started making video content it grew really quickly and a lot of the big websites weren't doing anything video so i reached out to all of them and gadgets CNN. and i was like hey let me make videos for you and nobody got back to me I was in my early 20s uh, and I essentially was you know, naive and probably had a giant ego. I was like, screw you, I'm going to do it myself. With no publishing background, no business background, I said I'm going to create a website. It grew and it grew well. I had to learn on the fly. Um, but it got to the point where running the website was almost 100% of my daily aggravation. It was about 30% of my revenue. And I was trying mm-hmm. to do so much with the website and videos that I wasn't doing anything well. Uh, the videos a year ago, two years ago, um, were not videos I look back and I'm proud of, in all honesty. And I knew that I could do better, and I knew I wanted to do better, but I didn't have the bandwidth to do it with Techno Buffalo. Um, so I had to make a choice. Um, you know, I had to decide if I wanted to be a publisher, if I wanted to be in video, or if I wanted to sell the whole thing. And I had I had offers to sell everything, to sell the, mm-hmm. the, the whole company, and sort of just be an employee. Um, and the part of the, the company I really loved and the part of the job I really loved is making video. So I, you know, figure I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to revamp video. I'm going to make video that I'm proud of and, you know, try to regrow and reestablish an audience and, you know, take a shot and see how it goes. And you did it and it paid off. So far so good. You know, you bet on yourself. That's what you I did. did. I bet, you bet, bet on, on myself yourself. and we're about 10 months in and it's been, it's been fun. My stress level is lower Uh, Our revenue is evened out to where it's almost back to where it was. Um, I'm home more days. I can be with my family. My quality of life is is much better than it ever has been in the past.
1: Yeah, and and the reason that we're doing this show together is with this change, you said, (laughs) hey, I've got this thing down to where I have free time two days a week. I have extra time. So... 40% 40% of your week you found free time. Obviously, you're not just sitting around doing nothing, but you've got this down to where your revenues back up and you're working yourself less.
0: And I'm super happy. So yeah, so then, you know, you reached out and we're like, "Hey, let's do something together." So uh, things happen for reasons. I think the moral is yes. Be realistic and you've given the opportunity without the risk being gigantic bet on yourself. Like don't there don't you risk your don't, I like don't risk it. your family. Um, you know, but if you can bid on yourself, I think it's always the best way to go.
1: I'm with you on that. All right, last two questions. Dan Barbera says or asks: favorite non-tech purchase you've made recently?
0: Ooh, um, that's tough. Non favorite non-tech purchase? Almost everything I buy is tech. But all right, so I know that's why. Like I'm trying to say, so, everything
1: either has a battery or plugs into a wall. I've
0: got some. So I got into sneakers recently. Um maybe it's here we go. maybe it's filming with uh, with John Morrison. he and I are sharing studios and I <laughs> the, the sneakerness uh, yes. rubbed off on me. Um, but I got a pair of Jordan 1 Nike skateboard, Nike SB collaborations in the Laker colorway, mm. and the colors fade away to reveal like Chicago colors. And they are awesome. Oh, what? They're incredible. I love them. Like, the more you wear them, the Lakers colors start to fade and the Chicago what? red comes through. They're amazing. Oh,
1: that's incredible. That's uh, incredible.
0: 160 bucks. They weren't cheap, but I absolutely love them. I, I wear them all the time. So, I'm giving those sneaks um, as my not favorite non tech purchase.
1: I like how you said 160 bucks, not cheap. <laughs> like, if you get into the sneaker game, 160 bucks. I was like, wow, that is a
0: deal. 160. Wow. So the sneaker game is That's not sneaker bad. sneaker game is crazy. Like, <laughs> I bought a pair of sneakers over the weekend from the Nike sneakers app. It was like a just regular pair of shoes with a like satin back. $160. They are yes. now selling now for $1,100. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and sell those, and I'll pay for everything I bought over the past year. <laughs> there
1: yeah. you go. I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have I own more sneakers than I really – it's kind of embarrassing. So um, what, I think what's your I favorite own, pair? Oh, man. You know – Like so for me, the way that I do sneaker or do sneakers, the way that I gauge what I'm gonna wear is just what am I wearing today and what matches. Like I always wanna have a pair of sneakers that kind of matches what I'm wearing that day. So it's not like I have like, oh I really wanna get these Yeezys just because it's, you know, a new a new Yee. No, it's like Oh, that color would go really well with this shirt that I like. So that's kind of like it's really to me it's more about fashion than it is about like just having this shoe just because a new shoe is coming out. But the more that you watch, you know, the scene and you see like a new shoe come out, it's like, ooh, that's a different design than what I have. So now I can wear that with that will go better with this outfit than this other one. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not a big fan of I do own one pair of Yeezys, but I'm not a big fan of those mm-hmm. at all. I think they. I just think these look weird. Um, I love Jordan 1s. It's probably my favorite. It's probably my favorite shoe. What's your what's your favorite? You um, have a
0: little, little sneaker here to hear, but what's your favorite Jordan 1 that
1: you have? Now I don't know the names of any of my shoes. Okay. So let me just right. put that out there. But I have these ones. Oh no, they were they were called like the gold toe something. So they're like black, white, and gold. But on one shoe, the the white and black—it's like basically the white and black is reversed. So on one shoe, the white is on the outside and the black is on the inside, like your of your ankle. And then on the other shoe, it's white at the ankle and black on the outside. So it's, um, it's like a mirror image of each other. So I and I was, you know, I'm a big fan of like flashy colors. I like to wear. I like to walk into a room with people to be like, "Oh, who the heck is that guy? Why is he wearing that? He's crazy." So you know, like bright gold sneakers is going to be conducive to that kind sure. of. A, so that kind of so yeah gold black white big fan of those um and then my other one is it's similar but it's uh it's orange and black and the orange is satin oh
0: nice
1: which is just a, a unique it's a look. shattered
0: yeah. shattered backboard satin colorway
1: i think yes that's what it is yes yes
0: those are those are good choices all right I yeah, I'm, it. i'm
1: all about it though but i had to i had to stop myself this year i told myself okay this year i'm gonna buy 20 or less pairs, like, which sounds ridiculous, <laughs> 20. I said that to myself in January, and by mid-February, I had already hit. I hit the limit. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I had to, uh, I've had to scale back and only pick up things that it's like, I really, really want that, rather than just buying things on a whim.
0: Fair.
1: I feel... Very sad admitting all that to the to the public out there.
0: Admitting you have a problem is the first step. (laughs) It's the first step.
1: You're right. You're right. (laughs) All right. Last question from Tech Rant. We were answering this one on Twitter a little bit, but will we ever see you guys on Hot Ones?
0: Uh, I mean, listen, I've got to be asked, right?
1: You do need to be asked first, which is great. But are you into spicy food?
0: Like, I'm not into spicy food, but I like spicy food. How about that?
1: Mm. But I would. Okay. So for me. I am a baby when it comes to spicy food. Like if there's some unexpected sriracha in something, I'm I'm going down. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I watched this one episode. So mostly it seems like when I watch that show, I'm shocked by how much just the average like celebrity can handle spiciness because like by wing 2 I'd be crying. The only celebrity I've seen struggle like that was was Gordon Ramsay. I would be just like him if not worse. I would need milk, I would need like lemon juice like <laughs> whatever, pepto bismol just at the ready because I would not be able to continue the conversation. It would be good TV. It would be great TV. But it would not be informative TV. All right. That is it for this week. Unless you have anything else, John, what do you think?
0: First episode feels good. good. We got it. Uh, it's in a, it's in a bag. It was fun.
1: There it is. All right. If you guys have any feedback, of course, send it to us over on Twitter. It's at John for Lakers at Andrew Edwards. Let us know. You can find John. Tell him your channel. Uh,
0: it's, you remember, it's just John for Lakers, J-O-N number four and Lakers.
1: And that would be on On YouTube. YouTube, Yes. So John for Lakers on YouTube slash gear live for me until next week. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate your support and we'll catch you in the next episode.